Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello everyone and welcome to God's Word for Life. This is episode number 24. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word Fall 2020 student workbook or lesson manual and turn to lesson number six, intended for October 11th, 2020. The lesson entitled, Our Ransom Was Paid. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Right. Well, in just a moment, we're going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, and Romans chapter 7, verse 21 through chapter 8, verse number 2, so you can get ready to follow along there in just a moment. But hackers continue to step up their weapons. We first heard of viruses, then malware and adware, and one of the latest digital rifles of ransomware. Now, ransomware infects an electronic device like a laptop or a mobile phone or a tablet and, and will hold it hostage until you pay a ransom. Your data is there, but it's locked or encrypted while the ha- hackers will demand $1,000 or whatever their price may be of your money to access your own data. Now, ransomware often sneaks in through emails or social media messages with links And if you are suspicious, take the time to ask the sender if he or she really is the sender before you click on the link. It is unconscionable to pay a high price for access to your own phone or files since they are yours. Now, God created us perfect and perfectly, but sin snuck in and stole away our innocence. For thousands of years, we were slaves to sin. As God's own people, we have been held hostage by a captor who was bent on stealing from us, killing us, and destroying us. But God, who created us, came to shed his sinless blood for us to pay that ransom sin demanded and buy us back. The uh, Mark wrote, he said, For even the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That's Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Jesus did not have to, but thank God he was willing to, willing to pay our ransom and set us free from our sin. Let's look at our text right now, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, and Romans chapter 7, verses 21 through chapter 8, verse 2. And let's look at this lesson entitled, Our Ransom Was Paid. All right, let's read 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning at verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And then let's look at Romans chapter 7, 
beginning at verse 21. Paul says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And then chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Our focus verse for today is 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 6, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Focus thought for this lesson today is Jesus came to set us free from the bondage of sin. If you look in this passage, it sets up this idea. Paul first, we read where Paul was writing to his son in the gospel, Timothy, sharing with him, and then Paul's own writings to the the church at Rome in Romans chapters 7 and 8. And Paul tells Timothy about our Savior, Jesus Christ, coming to earth, being manifested in flesh, God coming in flesh, and giving himself so that we could be free from sin. And then Paul's writing to the Romans, he's talking about the struggle that all of us have with sin and temptation and the back and forth that goes on, but how Jesus Christ, because he came, he has set us free. I want to look at these first four verses, the four verses we read in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and let's consider these for just a moment. Paul writes to Timothy and talks about um, this good and acceptable plan that has been given, and God who wills that all men are to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's his will. It's his desire that everyone is saved. It's his desire. Elsewhere, Peter, the apostle Peter tells us that the Lord is long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. He wants all to come to repentance. So Paul is telling Timothy that this good and acceptable plan in the sight of God was that God was willing He is willing, he's desirous that everyone is saved and will come to the knowledge of the truth because there's only one God. And this mediator between God and man, he gave himself a ransom for all. So I want to ask you, looking at these verses, what is God's will for us? What's God's will for us? God's will and his desire is that we are all saved that we would all come to the knowledge of the truth. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. He doesn't want anyone to to die without coming to a knowledge of him and a a recognition of their sins and turning to him. He wants all of us to be saved. He doesn't have it out for anyone. He wants everyone to be saved. And so he gave himself a ransom for all. These words in verse 4, this in the King James, who will have all men to be saved. It's basically just talking about his desire. He wills it. He desires it. He, he, he wants this to happen. And so he 
because he wants it to happen, he acted on his will. He acted on his desire by coming and giving his life a ransom for many. If you really want something that you desire, if there's something you desire, something you will, that you really want, you will act on it. And I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ did not just will us and desire us to be saved, but he made a way for us to be saved because in and of our own strength and our own power, we cannot be saved. We cannot earn salvation. There had to be a shedding of blood. We see that at the very beginning in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned and they fell in the garden. There had to be shedding of blood. There had to be that spotless sacrifice. And then once that was taken care of in the book of Genesis, God began and the word began to foreshadow that there would come this spotless lamb who was Jesus Christ. And he would give himself a ransom for many, shedding his own blood and giving his own life so that we could be free, so that we could be saved. I'm so thankful that God didn't just will it. But God acted on his will and performed his will and performed that which he desired. I'm so thankful for that today. And we can give God praise because he made a way for us to be saved. But Paul gets really real with us in Romans chapter 7. And Paul begins to open up and show us. And it's encouraging to know that the great apostle Paul struggled just like you and I struggled. If you'll read chapter 7 of Romans, even more than just the, the five verses I'm going to read to you, you're going to see Paul is going to talk about this struggle, that this desire, I want to do good, and when I try to do good, evil's with me, and when I want to do the right thing, I always just do the wrong thing, and, and Paul relays this, this struggle that's going on, and all of us can identify with it. We can totally identify with what Paul's talking about. We want to do what's right, and then all of a sudden, we just make the wrong choice. In our heart, we want to do the right thing, but something comes up and we just something inside of us causes us to make the wrong, the wrong choice. And so Paul, wrapping up this thought, in verse 21, Paul says, I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. I find a law that when I would do good or when I would desire to do good or when I would want to do good, evil is right there beside me. Verse 22, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. There's something inside. I, I want God's law to be at work in me. I want to please God. But verse 23, he says, but I see another law in my members. He says, I see something else at work in my body, something else at work in my flesh. And it's warring against the law of my mind. It's warring against what my passion is, my desire is, my, my heart. I I. My heart is, is wanting to please God. My, my mind, my, my thought, I want to please God. But there's this other law working inside of me that brings me into captivity to the law of sin that's inside my body. There's these two competing laws. There's this law of God that I see, that I know is right, that I know will please him, that I know is the right decision I need to make, and I want to do that. But there's this other law in me. There's this nature in me that wants to do the wrong thing, wants to sin, wants to please my flesh. And they're warring, and this, this law inside of my flesh brings me into captivity. It's just It's got me bound, and I can't be free. And so Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from the body of this death. Now, Paul is looking, he, he's recognizing a, a, a frustration and a battle that all of us deal with. 
But until he gets to verse 25, he's kind of he's kind of letting this, as I see it, he's kind of letting this tension play out that we all get to at some point. I can't get free of my own. I can't do this. No matter how hard I try, I can't, I can't get free. I can't do it. I, I can't overcome. I can't make up my mind. I, I, I might, might be able to do it for a little while, but after a while, it just gets overwhelming and it's, it, it takes too much effort and strength. And so I just end up giving in. And so Paul's like, how can we get free? Oh, wretched man that I am. I'm never going to be free. I can't do it on my own. But then the tone changes. In verse 25, Paul says, but I thank God that through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we've been made free. But I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And he hints at Okay, God has given us the ability, if we will surrender and yield ourselves to him, we can live free. We can be free. And we'll stop right there before I get into the further hope Paul gives. Let me ask this question. Why do we struggle with sin and temptation? Why do you and I struggle with it? Well, let's just just be real. We're flesh. And there is a law working inside of our bodies, inside of our flesh. There is a sinful nature that we have. It is ingrained down deep inside of us. And it always rears its ugly head when we try to do the right thing. We want to make the right choice. We want to make the right decision. Then all of a sudden something rises up inside of us, this sin nature. And we make the wrong choice. So why do we struggle? Because in our flesh, in our own selves, we are weak. And we have this law working in us that leads us and draws us into sin. But thank God, as Paul said, through Jesus Christ our Lord, we have the choice. We have been given salvation. We have been set free. And now we have the choice. We can serve the law of sin with with. with that that's in our it's still there in our lives. We can serve the law of sin, or we can serve the law of God. If we live in the flesh, we'll serve the law of sin. If we yield to the flesh, we'll yield to sin. But if we, with our mind and our heart and our wills, we will yield to the Holy Ghost, we can serve the law of God. Let's look in then in in Romans chapter eight verses one and two. Here Paul gives further hope. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. Here we see that again. This At the end of chapter 7, Paul talks about we can serve the law of God with our mind or our heart, or we can serve the law of sin with our flesh. And Paul says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And then verse 2, he says this, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So what does it mean to be free then? What does it mean to be free? Are we somehow lifted out of this body of flesh and so it no longer has any power or control over us? We can live from this point on for the next 50 or however long God tarries, we can live without sin. Is that right? 
Well, I guess the possibility is there. But we do know that as long as we're in this flesh, we're going to have temptation, we're going to have struggle. But the hope is, if we will live after the Spirit and not after the flesh, we have God has given us a choice. Before Jesus Christ came and gave himself a ransom for all and died for us, we had no choice. We could not be free from sin. We had no choice. You could not rid yourself of sin. You could not get rid of sin. You could not, you could not live above sin. But because Jesus Christ came, gave himself a ransom for us all, shed his blood, gave his life, now we have the choice. Do I want to walk after the flesh or do I want to walk after the spirit? Which part of me do I want to feed more? If you will feed the flesh and you will, and you will give in to indulgences of the flesh and you will feed your mind and you will feed your mind with, with wrong entertainment, you will feed your mind with wrong friends and wrong influences, it's going to make the flesh strong and you're going to yield to the flesh and walk after the flesh. But if you will walk after the spirit and you will pray and you will seek God's face and you will, you will make up your mind to, to live around the right influences and, and, and shun the wrong things from coming into your life and the wrong entertainment and, and just put the right things, let the right things come in, make those right choices. You will make the spirit stronger and you will yield and walk after the spirit. And if you do that, you can be free. In other words, you have no you are not in bondage anymore. You have a choice. I have a choice. I can live for him. I can serve him. I can walk in freedom from sin. I do not have to be bound any longer because he has set me free. So what can we do this week to apply this to our lives? Number one, we need to recognize he gave himself for us. So let's give ourselves to him. This week, talk with him. Get into his word, obey his word, serve him in his kingdom, serve others. He gave himself for us. We need to give ourselves to him. Secondly, right along with that, purpose to yield yourself to the Lord this week, not your flesh. Rely on the Spirit's help. When you come up against a temptation or a struggle, turn your mind, your heart to the Lord. Seek after him. Find refuge and solace in him. Seek after, yield yourself to the Lord. And finally, Release, this week, release condemnation. Let condemnation go. Walk in truth. Walk in faith. Walk in freedom. You've been set free. If you've made a mistake, if you've sinned, turn to God. Ask him to forgive you. You can walk in freedom this week. How does your freedom begin? Let me quickly say this. How does your freedom begin? It first begins when you accept this salvation, when you receive this salvation. How do we do that? First, we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We repent of our sins, initially repent of our sins, ask God to forgive us and take the sin away. We're baptized in Jesus' name. Let his name come into our life, called over our life where our sins are remitted. Then we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We receive the Spirit's indoing power inside of us. The first initial evidence will be speaking in other tongues. But when we receive this new birth experience, we have been set free. And then the choice is up to us. Do we want to live in freedom? Do we want to walk in freedom. Your ransom was paid. My ransom was paid. So now the choice is up to us. Do we want to live in freedom? Do we want to walk in freedom? Do we want to walk in the freedom that Jesus Christ gave us? We don't have to no longer war in the flesh. We can walk after the Spirit and be free today in Jesus' name. Dear Lord Jesus, we are so grateful 
so grateful that you came and gave your life a ransom for all of us. You shed your blood, and we're so thankful because without shedding of blood, there is no remission, but you shed your blood, gave your life for us, and so we can be free. Lord, we had no hope. There was nothing that could deliver us from the body of this death, but thank you, thank you, Lord, that you gave your life so that we could be free and walk in true freedom that's only known living for you. God, I pray you walk with these listening today. Let your hand rest upon them. Deliver them from condemnation. Deliver them from their sin, I pray. Walk with them, purify and cleanse. Let them walk and live in freedom. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.